0: Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. For 15 years now, we have lived here. Before that, I was a pet of my master, Yoshi. When we were forced to come to New York, I found myself for the first time without a home, wandering through sewers, scavenging for whatever I could find. And then, one day, I came upon a shattered glass jar, and four baby turtles good evening and welcome to another episode of three guys in a flick this is where we review the good the bad and the absurd tonight's episode The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Beware. Spoilers. Coming to you from my basement, as always, my name is Don. And to my right, we have our comic book guy, John. How are you doing? And to my left, we have the professor, Ken. Calabunga! There it is. That's what I was waiting for. Where were you at on that?
1: I was going to throw out a radical. Why didn't you? But you didn't ask me how I was doing. You just said, here's
0: John. (laughs) That's a good point I didn't think that one Through all the way
1: Now, I want to point out, we are not doing the Michael Bay version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We are doing the original 1990 version.
0: As far as I'm concerned, it's the only one. So I guess it it was implied, and um, it was implied that it was the 1990 version. So if there was any confusion out there, I'm sorry if you tuned in for the uh, Michael Bay version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. A, you should be slapped, and B, fuck off.
1: shame on you
0: that's right that's right no we are in fact talking about the 1990 teenage mutant ninja turtles uh submitted by request uh to us from our true believer listener zach and i was talking to him earlier and i said why tmnt right 90 and he said it was one of his favorite films growing up and there's a lot of nostalgia there and he thought it would be funny to hear us talk about it so there you go
1: thanks zach yeah
2: As soon as you were commenting about, you know, you're expecting the Michael Bay version. And what was the first comment you said?
0: I don't do that. was so long ago. I don't remember.
2: Well, I suddenly flashed that moment in the movie when uh, April is confronted by the foot ninja and he holds his hand out and then he opens up his hand and she's staring at his hand and then he slaps her cheek. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what you get if you're expecting Michael Bay.
0: Yeah, that's right. Did you guys ever see the two thousand seven animated version?
1: I did not. Is that the one that was computerized? Yeah,
0: yeah, that one was after this franchise, uh, but before Michael Bay's Abomination.
1: I was actually scrolling through. Like, I watched this movie on Tuesday night, mm-hmm. and then last night I was scrolling through a bunch of you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, trying to figure out, thinking I'm going to watch another one, and I ran across that one. Thought about watching it. But then I watched the Michael Bay version. Did you really, really? Yeah. Ooh. I watched the actual sequel, the second one of Michael Bay, because I wanted to see Seamus in it, and you know, Bebop and Rocksteady. I wanted to see how they did with that one, because I couldn't remember if I'd ever watched it.
0: Oh yeah, so you watched the Michael Bay version, huh? Yeah. yeah okay. I'm, I'm hold still. Hold still. Okay.
1: I and you know what, that would have been more enjoyable.
0: See what? Well, you live and you learn. I guess that's that's what I can say to that. You live and you learn. I have seen the uh, first Michael Bay version and sadly uh, the second Michael Bay version. But to my defense at the time, I had little kids. So I was forced to watch that shit. Uh, But what I was saying about the 2007 one was that one's actually really good. If you ever get a chance to have some time to kill, check it out. I found it really enjoyable.
1: I will throw this out there that I was a big fan of the animated TV series.
0: Well, I assume I assumed that you were a fan of the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, as a kid because, well, I think uh, a lot of us around that time were. And when we pulled it out of the hat last week, there was a little glimmer in your eye when you figured out what the fucking TMNT was for. Well, that and you know me and comic books. Yeah, there you go. That's that's what that's what I like, uh, Professor. Had you ever seen this film?
2: yeah we uh we had it in the house and it was something that tj would watch from time to time yeah and so yeah he he grew up with it
0: nice 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 uh good movie to grow up with Mm -hmm. you know i i really enjoyed it i enjoyed it hey don when did this movie come out uh the teenage mutant ninja turtles was released on march 30th 1990 it was directed by steve Barron. screenplay by todd w langan bobby herbeck story by bobby herbeck Based on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic book by Kevin Eastman and Peter Lard, it stars Judith Hogg, Elias Cotes, Jay Patterson, Michael Turney, Raymond Sierra, James Sato, and a young Sam Rockwell. I was so surprised to find out that that was Sam Rockwell. I, it snapped my head. Like, I went, wait a minute, did I just see Sam Rockwell? And sure as shit, there he was. The head dog. Mind blown. Totally. Totally blown.
1: I think I was most surprised by Elias. Why? Just I didn't realize that, you know, back then, who he is now on NYPD or whatever show he's on, I didn't realize he was Casey Jones back in that
0: movie. Well, and nowadays, it's like, what hasn't he been on? But And... Since I saw this in the 90s, uh, I remember uh, seeing Casey Jones for the first time, uh, you know, live action, and I went right on, that's him. And so every other time I saw Elias Cotes, uh, I always thought of uh, Casey Casey. Jones. So that actor has been on my radar for a very long time.
1: And I think if you're fans of the show, fans of the movies, fans of the comic book series, He played an amazing Casey Jones. He played it spot on. Now, if you go look at the Michael Bay version, oh, my God, no.
0: Yeah, well, as soon as you say Michael Bay, we all kind of go, oh, so. (laughs) Uh, Why can't he make good movies?
1: Well, his movies are literally, if you just want to go see pyrotechnics and explosions and loud, loud music and loud noises, that's his whole movie.
0: All right, let me ask you this real quick, and then we'll go back to the turtles for good. Is there a Michael Bay film that you actually enjoy? I actually have like three or four guiltily. Is that a word?
1: You might have to edit this. Did, did he do Armageddon? Yes. That is the one. I my pick, That's definitely on my list. My, <laughs> the only Michael Bay movie I can think of that I really enjoy is Armageddon. Is the top of my list. Now, maybe the first Transformers, but Armageddon's my number one.
0: You?
2: I... Do not mind Michael Bay, what he did with the movie 13 Hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That was, that's actually a good movie, right? Mine would be Armageddon for sure. Fuck <laughs> any of the bad boys. I'll take the bad boys any day of the week. And then, yeah, probably uh, 13 Hours, you know. But everything else is just big, big explosions.
2: And camera so, swirls.
0: In camera swirls, right. I wasn't a big fan of The Rock. Me so. Me neither. Why are you look at me like that?
1: Oh, I thought that was a great movie.
0: Then you love Michael Bay. You are a Michael Bay lover.
1: I didn't even see. Realize we went
0: to we went the roundabout to make him admit you know, what guess, he really is. I guess <laughs> I
1: didn't realize that one was Michael Bay. But yeah. you didn't like Sean Connery in The Rock?
0: Not really. Oh my gosh! And even
1: and winners uh, go uh, home. And I and I love. Uh, or was it losers go home, winners go home, and fuck the prom queen? Yeah. Well, there you go. That's some great lines in that movie.
2: <laughs> back to tmnt
0: which was made for 13.5 million dollars and gross 202 million dollars at the box office can you repeat that
1: bad. that is crazy 202 million 202 million yeah that is just that blows me away looking at that movie now maybe i'm comparing it to some movies today but looking at that movie the way it was done it's just blows me away that it made 202 million
2: I wonder if it's because children were sent back to the theater again and again, and parents taking them again and again.
1: That makes. Sense. I do remember when they were hyping this movie. Didn't they keep like the turtle designs hidden, like in all the? Oh the, yeah, all the promo yeah. stuff. You only saw them like their heads halfway coming out of a swamp, or or their weapons, or yeah. out of the. You know, the sewer or whatever. Very
0: reminiscent to the how the film opens. Yeah. They kept him in the shadows. Yeah, for sure. I totally remember yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And do you remember when you saw him for the first time, you went, oh, that's not half bad. Mm-hmm. And then the first time you saw him fight, you went, oh, fuck, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, here's, know, the crazy, back then.
1: here's the crazy thing. Originally, they were going to do a, kind of a Roger Rabbit thing to this. They were going to do animated versions of them with live people. And I'm glad they scrapped that idea and went with Jim Henson's studio to make the puppetry with the masks and the costumes and the outfits. And I think it took two or three people to work uh, the splinter puppet and things like that. And um, I thought they did a great job with it.
0: Kind of borderline of the CGI revolution, but yet still practical was very much a thing in Hollywood and how to make movies. And yeah, the Jim Henson work on it. Fucking brilliant.
1: I guess the uh, the turtle heads were a nightmare to wear. Did you hear about some of the problems I had no, with that? No, Well, first of all, the mechanics and everything to make the lips move and the mouths and the eyes and all was so packed in there. People said it sounded like you walked into a factory without any kind of earplugs or anything. It was so loud that it was almost deafening and then it was so packed in like the there's a scene where raphael gets thrown into a trash can by casey jones yeah the guy who played raphael at that time broke his nose because it was so packed in there and when he hit the trash can it just smashed his face in Ugh. Yeah, you, I guess you can see things you do for art. If you go back and watch that scene, apparently I, I didn't catch it, but if you, when he gets right out of the trash can, the first thing you see is the stunt guy grabbing his face, you know, in the, the Raphael costume because his nose is broken. Yeah,
0: good stuff. Uh, do you remember seeing the turtles? What was your thought when you saw the turtles for the first time and how they move and this, that, and the other?
2: The the animatronics of the turtles. Uh, still uh, intrigues me, and I am weirdly drawn to it. That I feel compelled to want to watch the movements that the that the faces do, and the limberness that the turtles exude in those costumes. That I am strangely drawn to it. However, uh, to the counterpoint, it was so squeaky clean feeling in the movie. The uh, the, the the fact that everybody just seemed to be um, they didn't necessarily look scruffy you know the 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 hangout for all the kids. You know that they had nothing yeah. was trashed in there. Everything looked nice and shiny and new. Yeah. And uh and and there was no alcohol anywhere. We didn't hear anybody swearing. I'm thinking you got a bunch of kids here. How is it that that everybody seems to be getting along and 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 there's no debauchery happening whatsoever?
0: I'll tell you why. Because they were all drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. Well,
1: I think it's also <laughs> things were a lot cleaner in the 90s.
0: But I hear what you're saying, right? You would expect a couple of fucks this, fuck that, right? But, I mean, it was directed at uh, a kid audience, you know, very yeah. family-friendly. Yeah. Yeah, and totally. um, it, it gave me, it reminded me of uh, a set that could have been in Batman and Robin, mm-hmm. the George yes. Clooney epic. Um, so I'm curious if uh, the makers of that film took inspiration from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: Did you find that, The turtle costumes worked so well that you kind of found yourself not really seeing them as puppets or seeing them as mechanical, but just kind of going with the
0: realism of it. Absolutely, from the get-go.
1: I mean, I stopped thinking of them as guys in costumes and just thought of them as turtles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know where it is for me? It is in the opening when uh, April gets attacked for the first time, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And we barely see Raphael's thing. When you see them, because that's really the first glimpse you get of the turtles in the film— I buy it as soon as I see it, the detail, and it's just a small section of his face, but it looks so real. I don't think of a guy in a suit. I think of a fucking turtle. So I think they did a brilliant job.
1: The only time I think. It still kind of holds up. That I didn't feel that way was there's a few scenes where the turtles are looking up and you can kind of see the seam on their neck. Yeah, I noticed that too. The seam on their neck and a little bit under the chin. That's the only time I think I had any
0: issues with the costume. Yeah, I, I noticed those too. Before we jump into this plot, John, why don't you tell us a little about the Turtles?
1: Absolutely. As you know, I love comic books, and I actually did collect the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books for a while. It was originally published by Mirage Studios between 1984 and 2014. It was conceived by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, which is funny. I don't know if you caught it at the end when the guy tells them where the warehouse is. He says it's on the street between uh eastman and laird
0: oh no i missed that completely so he he said that
1: at the end um it initially was a one shot uh so but it was super popular and became an ongoing series and eventually was bought out uh they they sold it the rights to viacom which owns nickelodeon so that's why we're seeing a lot of new stuff coming out from nickelodeon there's actually a new series out Uh, i don't know if you've heard of it it's teenage mutant turtles the last ronin Mm. have you heard about this one no um, it's actually pretty interesting. I don't think they have finished it yet, but three of the turtles are dead. So is Splinter and Casey Jones. Oh, spoiler another, alert, bud. Well, it starts off first page. There's only one turtle left, and you don't know who that turtle is until a few issues in. Oh, I know who it is. So it's it's an interesting, it takes place in the future and talks about, you know, why they all died and how they all died. It, it's, it's a good read so far.
0: Oh, right on. Right now,
1: on. I do have a little bit of trivia for you.
0: Wait, real quick. Do you know who the turtle is who's alive? Oh, yeah, but I'm not spoiling that for you. It's Donatello. I already know that. Go no. ahead. No, it's not. What?
1: No. Well, Sorry. I don't want to fucking got, read it You then. got three left. I know. Oh,
0: fuck that. Fuck turtles. Yeah. You don't get rid of Donatello.
1: Donatello's dead.
0: Oh, fuck off. Yeah. Fuck that guy.
1: And Kate, and April has lost an arm and a
0: leg. Well, see, now I don't even have to read it. You can just tell me all about it.
3: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, a trivia question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Which Marvel hero do we owe thanks to for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Daredevil. Wow. He jumps out with it real quick. Did you know that, Don?
0: I was going to have you repeat the fucking question. Look at you, Professor. Good job.
1: Now, do you know why?
0: Because they're because ne- they're in New York?
1: No. If you read the first comic book uh, and read their origin, there is basically a scene where a guy goes and knocks a blind person out of the way out of getting hit from a truck and gets hit in the face with radioactive canister. That is Daredevil's origin. That canister then falls into the sewer and creates the turtles. I love that. So the whole point was is that the two creators were inspired by Frank Miller's version of, of Daredevil and his, I think he did a comic book called Ronin, and they wanted to do something that kind of complemented Daredevil, had the same theme as Daredevil. So they created the,
0: the turtles. That's fucking awesome.
1: So, yeah. And so and Daredevil never appears in their comic books, but they did do a crossover with Daredevil down the road.
0: Nice. Uh, do you know how much that uh, said comic book is worth now these days? I have no idea. $79,000. Jeez, I believe. It. And it was, Golly.
1: And the, the crazy one. thing is, is the original series, that stuff was all black and white. So you didn't have the color mass and all of that. That didn't come till later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you
2: read about how the New Mutants were also partially inspired? No, I did not. Why don't you fill me in? So the New Mutants are a team of teenage mutants, and there's also other inspiration that Eastman and Laird had They had uh, the Cerebus the Aardvark.
1: I actually collected that one as well. And Boris the Bear.
2: Yeah, so you have an anthropomorphic aardvark whose sword and sorcery style uh, leads him on many adventures. Oh, And then we also have Frank Miller's Ronin, as you mentioned as well. Mm -hmm. And so this is a long-dead a Japanese ronin who was reincarnated in a dystopian New York City. Mm. And so uh, they rolled, they combined all of these elements that John mentioned as well as what I just mentioned. They threw all that together, and that's where the Teenage Mutant Ninja
1: Turtles hail from. Yeah. A couple of things I wanted to point out, and if you think about it, in Daredevil, who trained Daredevil? Do you Stick. Do you stick. Who trained the turtles? Uh, Splinter. Splinter. Stick and Splinter. Who does the Daredevil oh. fight? <laughs> who, who is the enemy of Daredevil? Sh- Shredder. Well, no. Of Daredevil, it's the hand.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Of the turtles, it's the foot. Oh, that's funny. So you can see there's a lot of connections.
3: Yeah.
0: But see, if you would have said who fought Daredevil, I immediately, being me, would have went to the kingpin.
1: That's That's what I thought, too. That's what I thought, too. And I was trying to find the connections between... But the hand is in there. I know that, The kingpin and Shredder, and I tried to look up where they got the idea of Shredder from, and Shredder is not connected to anything. They actually got inspiration from him from a cheese grater. Uh, Cool. They basically thought, what if a villain wore a cheese grater?
3: Yeah.
0: So this film uh, was really one of the first modern day superhero live action movies if you think about it It came out in 1990 you had batman uh michael keaton's batman in 89 the year before uh really the only other uh, superhero movie that came out in 90 was dark man um i mean there might have been more obscure ones that we don't know about but according to the top 50 uh so it it came out in a time where superhero movies aren't what they are today absolutely And, and going back and watching it last night I can see like a a spark of where uh, superhero movies came from or, or today's style, I guess as technology got better, the movies get better. Right. But this one seemed so, I guess, you know, real. I, I suspended my belief and I went along for the ride and, you know, for a movie that came out in 1990 and being one of the first of its kind, um, I think it held up just fine. Yeah. So,
1: and it, it catered to, you know, young people as well, well as adults. I thought it kind of hit both those targets. Oh, absolutely. Both I those targets. Agreed, 100%. Now, something you mentioned earlier about uh, well-known people, actors in this, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that Corey Feldman did one of the voices.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. He was Don Otello. Yeah,
1: and he got screwed. How so? Also, he basically the direct or the producers of the movie approached him to hire him for this movie and told him they were making a small independent film, and so they offered him. How much money did they offer him?
0: It was like fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen
1: hundred dollars to make this small independent film that they thought might just go to VHS and make a you know a small amount of money back, and it ended up making the two hundred and two million. So he got paid fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. So he to ob- do the voice work. Yeah. He
0: obviously didn't get any uh, back end deals. No. You know, no merchandising, you no know, nothing, no points. And as far probably. as I
1: know, he did not return for any other movies.
0: Uh I don't know if well
1: there was only two of the voice actors I think that returned, and I can't remember which two. Oh,
0: I think Raphael was one of them. No. But that's mm-hmm. neither here nor there.
1: I think it was Leonardo and maybe Raphael.
0: Right on. As a crime wave rises in New York, reporter April O'Neill correctly theorizes that the mysterious Ninja Foot Clan is behind the rising chaos. The Shredder, the foot leader, orders April silenced. She is attacked by the foot in a subway and knocked unconscious. Raphael, one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, emerges from the shadows, defeats the foot, and carries her to the turtle's hideout, unaware that one of the foot is following him. Splinter, their rat master, explains to April that he and the turtles were once ordinary animals but were mutated into intelligent creatures by toxic waste and trained by Splinter in the art of ninjutsu. After the turtles escort April home, they find their hideout ransacked and Splinter kidnapped. They return to April's apartment and spend the night there. Danny Pennington, the delinquent son of April's supervisor, Charles Pennington, works for the foot. After bailing Danny out of jail for robbery and truancy, Charles stops at April's apartment where Danny glimpses one of the turtles hiding. He reports this to the Shredder.
1: Now, you talked a little bit earlier about the opening. starts out in the dark. You just see the hand. I think throw the sigh at the, at the light. Uh, I thought that was really well done. I like. You know, I thought it was a good opening.
0: I did too. I, I I appreciated the fact that they kept the turtles in darkness and mm-hmm. they waited to the last minute to show us, and they did everything that's uh, what did I used to call it when we taught film uh, implied violence, mm-hmm. right? Because all you hear, all you do, is you hear, right? Mm-hmm. And but you know that the thugs are getting their ass kicked. So yeah, I really appreciated the the style, the the way it opened.
1: It's funny that you bring up the implied violence. Did you feel that this movie was violent at all?
0: By today's standards? Yeah. No. Even back then, I don't think it was all Mm-mm. that violent.
1: Yeah, because I guess Jim Henson's studio, Jim Henson said that he was glad that they made the, the costumes, and the mechanics, and all that, but they really didn't like all the violence in the movie. And then, uh, what's her name? The woman who played April, she uh, complained constantly so much so that they didn't bring her back for the second movie because she complained so much about the violence. Oh, no, well. See, I, I thought it was anything but violent. Yeah, I thought it, it was, was kind of cartoony violence. It wasn't
2: that extreme. There's no blood. You know, y- you have the, the turtles, you know, using their weapons, and there's no blood showed. Mm. There's mm. no blood shed at all. And, and Splinter, you know, supposedly he's got a serious ass whooping. He doesn't
1: look like he has any blood on him at all. Yeah, The only scene that I could think of that could be slightly offensive to some is when that Master Toshi or whatever his name was, where he beats up the kid.
0: That's my favorite scene.
1: Yeah, he beats up the kid in the.
0: That's how you deal with youth in the people
1: like book version of this or whatever. He kills the kid. Yeah, he beats him to death. But other I'll, than that, I'll be fucking around. Other than that, I didn't think that it was that over the top. Now, sure. one one of the things that you brought up earlier, Professor, was the clean look of everything, especially the the warehouse where the. Uh, the youths? Where, the, where the youths are all the you know doing their bad things and bringing their stolen goods. I kind of got an impression, and I did read something on it, that they were going for kind of a Peter Pan vibe. I don't know if you got that. I got that. There was a scene in Peter Pan where, I think it was the uh, the Land of Toys or something like that, where uh, the kids turned into donkeys. You remember that whole thing in Peter mm-hmm. Pan? Or excuse me, I'm sorry, Pinocchio. I'm confusing. In yeah, Pinocchio. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, okay. There
3: in Pinocchio, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. where it sh- they open up in the scene in uh, Turtles, where the kid is smoking the cigar and shooting pool. Yeah. That's a direct image taken from Pinocchio.
0: Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. I remember being in eighth grade, I think, when this came out, thinking, wow, that'd be a pretty cool place to hang out. Mm-hmm. So kudos to they the had filmmakers.
1: They cool arcade games.
0: I know. They had everything they wanted. And then uh shredder speech and what was interesting about this film is uh it starts off with the bad guys it opens on the foot and shredder and um again keeping the turtles back and in the shadows until the very last second because once you see them it's like seeing the shark and jaws once you see them you know the jig is up you got to do something else to entertain us and luckily for us when they start to fight and we can see them fight those fights were badass Right, I mean, and those are real guys doing it. That's practical shit. They're running around in those suits doing those moves. So pretty fucking impressive.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And the fact that we got to see uh, two or three of the turtles at a time in a shot, each handling fights.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the camera was back far enough to keep everyone in frame and keep keep the action moving. So yeah, for sure.
1: Did you have a favorite turtle?
0: My favorite turtle is Donatello.
1: Donatello. Ken, you got one? Uh, no, I don't think I do. I don't know. I seem like I'm impartial to the wisecracking Michelangelo. The uh, The interesting thing about their names is obviously they named them after the Renaissance uh, artists, painters, things right. like that. But they apparently, when they were naming them, misspelled Michelangelo. It's not spelled correctly. So when they were called out on that, basically the creators blamed it on Splinter's poor spelling.
0: Um, so yeah, uh, April is, uh, investigating the foot and she's calling out the police chief saying that you're not doing anything about it. Uh, April believes that there's this ninja ring of thievery going on. No one will listen. Uh, the cops don't listen to her. And so she is asking questions in the wrong places and she gets, um, she comes out of the station and her van is getting ransacked. And so the attackers go up to, you know, rob her or beat her or do whatever. The turtles come save the day. And now she wakes up and we meet the boss. And of course, conveniently, the boss's kid is one of these Ninja thievery people that we've been introduced to. So we have a little subplot going there.
1: One of the bad kids aspiring to be a member of the Foot Clan.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, That police chief,
1: he looked very familiar. Is he the police chief from Police Academy, or does he just look a lot like him?
0: He just looks a lot like him. Okay. After an argument with Leonardo, Raphael goes to the roof of April's apartment building, where the Foot ambush him. He is knocked unconscious and the Turtles scramble to defend themselves, assisted by the vigilante Casey Jones, who had recently met Raphael. The building catches fire during the fight and the Turtles retreat to an abandoned farm belonging to April's family. Raphael recovers and the Turtles train while April and Casey fall in love. Leo contacts Splinter through astral projection and the Turtles return to New York to rescue him. So we have the fight at uh, April's apartment, you know, and they tear that place up pretty good. Well, her,
1: her apartment's over an antique shop, so they even go through the antique area. Yeah, and
0: she, she's the owner of that because her dad didn't want to throw anything away or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, crazy. Um, but then uh, Casey Jones sees Raphael on the roof, and uh, they had met earlier in the park. And I thought that was a cute exchange. And I and I always thought it was funny when he said, uh, you know, R- uh, Ralph's got to go uh, blow off steam, so he's going to go see a movie. So he puts on what I call the Clark Kent disguise, uh, overcoat and a hat. Mm-hmm. How does anybody not tell he's a fucking turtle?
1: That's what I thought, too. I thought it was funny that, you know, he has the green face, but you know, I think it was a... Uh Casey Jones says, what are you, one of those punks who just paints your face green?
0: Or, or wears a mask. He even yeah. says that because I'm thinking, oh, that's kind of cool. But like when he's at the movie theater or something.
1: Well, originally, right? originally, I guess in the original script, he was supposed to go see the Batman movie.
0: Oh, that would have been funny.
1: And he was supposed to come out of the movie when he, when he walks out saying, cool car, stupid costume. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure out, because I noticed when we, he goes and see the movie, that Critters is playing, and I was trying to figure out if there's a connection to the movie between Critter, you know, Critters and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Couldn't find one, so I'm just guessing they're making fun of Critters, like that they are Critters. I don't or know. Or maybe,
0: or they were just uh, time stamping their movie. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Um, I don't know. Did you ever see Critters?
0: Yeah, long, long time ago. I couldn't tell you. I mean, Critters, Gremlins, uh, they all kind of run together. Yeah. So i only saw it once okay i want to know what do the turtles do to get their money Ah, oh, it's an interesting question professor how do they get their money because they order a pizza you know and this is where yep the obsession for the pizza comes in
3: yeah right well, and my- i love
0: and i love real quick i love that they call him on the uh talk about dating the film uh the 30 minute rule by Domino's. remember that remember that yep. when it was that was a thing yeah Go, I'm sorry.
1: Well, I would. I figured that they get a lot of their stuff from either things that fall through the sewer grates, so like when people drop change, things like that, things that people throw away. So they get a lot of gadgets that way. One interesting point is Domino's was in the movie pretty heavily. Right. They didn't sponsor this movie. <laughs> Pizza Hut sponsored the movie. So I don't know why Domino's, like all of the promotional stuff outside the movie, was all Pizza
0: Hut. Maybe that 30-minute thing was patented. And they know. could have only used it, I guess. I don't, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. But
1: I don't know. Yeah, Pizza had spent like something like twenty million dollars doing publicity for the movie. Wow, I'd be pissed.
0: Yeah, but he gives them a ten dollar bill. Who loses a ten dollar bill? I don't know. And how how do they get the money? I mean, I get the change in the gadgets and shit. Mm-hmm. But Tur- he had a ten dollar bill.
1: Maybe they were doing turtle porn.
0: Why Why do you always turn to the right? I don't know. There's always that road. I mean, I like that road, but there's a time and a place, and the turtles, I mean, come on, dude, it's beloved. So, yeah, they have the fight at April's apartment. It burns up, and then uh, uh, Raphael gets the shit kicked out of him. Uh, I love that when they get to the farm that they put him in the bathtub with water. Mm -hmm. I I laughed out loud when I was watching. I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but... He's eternal. He belongs sure. in a tub. <laughs> sure.
1: The impression I got, I don't know if they were trying to make this impression in the movie, is that they function perfectly when there's four of them fighting. When there's one of them down, they just get their butts kicked. Like, mm. they got their butts pretty well kicked at that, you know, antique store well, fire. They and were, Casey Jones kind of came in to save their
0: Well, butt. A, Casey really didn't do all that much, if you go back and watch it. And B, they were holding their own pretty well without him. Mm so i mean that could be a thing and and maybe it is but um i don't know i wouldn't want to fuck with a turtle one-on-one so they are badass yeah,
1: they're har- badass. arrows in a half shell
0: turtle power splinter has been taken from uh by the foot and i uh i gotta say that the first time i remember seeing it seeing him strung up uh on the fence i was thinking oh he looks like kind of a puppet mm-hmm. right but Last night when I was watching it and the scene where he kind of looks up and he looks all beaten up in his eyes, I was I went, oh, poor Splinter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have to agree with you, but what did you think of the interactions between Splinter and Danny?
0: Hokey and corny and 90s. Yeah, I wasn't a big
1: fan of that Danny kid.
0: Oh, neither was I. I just felt
1: like he needed a good ass kicking.
0: And that's all he really needed. I'm sure there were kids down there who had real problems, Mm -hmm. right? And here comes this. Privileged kid it being all mopey and emo. Oh he needed a good ass kicking like the one Sensei Master did to the one dude.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, he, he was he he was very uh pedestrian. He, he was a cardboard character.
1: I I think the first time I watched this movie, um, obviously I didn't know who was playing what characters or,
0: I thought that was
1: Joey McIntyre from The New Kids on the Block.
0: Oh, the Danny? playing Danny yeah <laughs> doesn't he kind of look like him no like he looks he, no he looks like somebody I can't put my finger on it but I, I he does resemble somebody to me too so yeah. uh, I, don't, I don't I think uh which one was you said Joey
1: John was Joey McIntyre he which was one was Joey the youngest one curly hair kind of you know Justin Timberlake slightly look
3: eh,
0: maybe uh we then we get to a uh so every '90s movie has to have a montage, right? And every martial arts movie has to have a montage. And we get our training montage with the turtles. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was good. And again, these guys are moving around in these suits and making it look real. So, yeah, a little bit. Uh, John just showed me a picture he has saved in his favorites of Joey McIntyre, and uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So
2: he looks pretty dreamy.
0: So the turtles uh, are back as one. Raphael has recovered. And now we're sitting around a campfire. And this is where we get our Star Wars force projection moment. And Splinter comes. And not once does he tell them where they are, where he is. He just tells them that he's proud of them and he loves them. It's like a canned response. It's like he recorded it. What do you guys think of that?
1: I felt like he was saying goodbye. Like, I'm basically dead and so...
0: Yeah, that's you guys kind of, have a good life. Yeah, that's you, kind of the vibe I
2: got you. too. I thought the same thing that he thought that he was close to death and there's no hope for him getting out.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I kept thinking, fuck Danny.
0: I know, he's kind of a dick, right? Yeah. Help, help a rat out. Yeah. I was thinking, how come he doesn't how come he doesn't uh unchain him and they can make a run for it? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Danny has secretly been taking counsel from Splinter. Who tells him the story of his master Hamato Yoshi's murder by a rival ninja, Aruku Saki, over the love of a woman named Tang Shen, while Splinter was an ordinary rat? During the struggle, Splinter's cage was broken and he lunged for Saki's face, clawing and biting him. Saki threw Splinter to the floor and took one swipe with his katana, slicing Splinter's ear. When Danny learns the shredder intends to have Splinter killed, he and Casey set him free. Splinter reveals to the other teens who have been recruited by the Foot that the Shredder has been brainwashing him to do his dirty work. Realizing this, they all resign from the Foot.
2: I'm I'm thinking that these kids are pretty wishy-washy for for them to be so lackadaisical about you know committing to the Foot. as, yeah. as, as soon as uh, things got. Uh, a little rough, a little tough. I don't want to do this. Anymore.
1: I know they had a pretty kick-ass place. They were having a pretty good time, and a rat goes, "Eh, you guys are all being brainwashed. You know this is wrong, and you need to have better lives." And all of a sudden, they're like, "Yeah, yeah, you're probably right."
0: Well, to be fair, Casey has something to do with it. He comes in and he gives them all a speech, which was surprisingly, or which was surprising, coming from Casey Jones. Right? He was talking about family, and he says, "This is your family." Or you know, you yeah. guys don't know what family he is, blah blah blah. And he goes, he, he gets, uh, uh, they go get Splinter. And this is Sam Rockwell's big scene too.
1: Now this uh, is also right after we've seen that kid get beat down, so that might have had a big, you know. Oh
0: sure, yeah. And another thing, they're fucking kids. Kids don't know how to make up their minds, so they go wherever the party is. Mm-hmm. And this party was coming to a close. I so, what do you think of the whole? Backstory. Is it the same in the comics?
1: It's very similar. Uh in the comic books, uh well, there's two different versions. There there was never really a good origin of how Splinter became the giant rat. A lot of people just assumed he got the same kind of mutagen on him. Although it's never referred to as mutagen, it's always referred to, I guess, as ooze. But uh kind of got the same thing that kind of, you know, mutated him. Uh, But in the comic book, he did learn his moves from watching his master. His master was actually killed uh, by Shredder who uh, thought that uh, Master Yoshi had something to do with Shredder's brother being killed. And there was kind of a love interest, things like that. Uh, In the original animated series, uh, Master Yoshi is the one that actually mutated into into splinter oh so it wasn't a rat mutating you know up and becoming a super intelligent rat it was the actual master becoming splinter
0: sure and we get this uh flashback uh you know during the film and i don't know about you guys but every time splinter told a flashback the screen would go dark and we'd be taken to you know wherever we're going Uh, the 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 rat effects in his cage, eh, don't really hold up for me.
3: (laughs)
2: You're you're talking about the animation style. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You didn't like him doing the little martial
0: arts? But he wasn't doing anything, right? He wasn't flipping around like Yoshi. He had two moves, up and down. That's Mm -hmm. all he was doing. So how did he become this big old ninja?
1: The thing I was wondering, oh, basically, they said that Yoshi came to America, and that's how Splinter got to America. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, that's what I. That's how I took it. That's how I yeah. took it as well.
1: Originally, I was thinking is how did he get all the way from Japan to America? But yeah.
0: Oh no, him and the woman. Yep. And the rat. Oh, they all right. come together. That's right. Yeah. Very Mr. Miyagi.
2: Yeah, exactly. And why do they have a pet rat?
0: Well, that's I guess was going to be my next question. <laughs> why not? <laughs> the turtles engage the Foot in battle, easily defeating every Foot clan ninja. But upon facing the Shredder. He defeats them single-handedly as the shredder prepares to kill leonardo splinter appears and challenges him to a fight splinter names shredder as roku saki saki removes his mask and touches his scars remembering how splinter gave it to him he charges splinter to spear him who ensnares the shredder's spear with michelangelo's nunchucks leaving him dangling over the roof's edge in a final attempt to kill splinter shredder throws a tanto at splinter But when Splinter reaches to catch it, his grip is released and Saki falls into a garbage truck. Casey pulls the lever, accidentally, to activate the compactor, crushing the shredder. As the police and media arrive and arrest the foot soldiers, the teens tell them the location of the foot hideout. Charles is reunited with his son, Danny, and gives April her job back. Reunited with Splinter, the turtles watch as April and Casey kiss. Roll. Credits. You know what else I appreciated about this film? It was an hour and a half. <laughs> Agreed, it was a pretty quick movie. But and well, it was a quick movie, but there were some scenes that felt kind of long to me. The Namely, farm the, scene? the well, yeah, the farm scene and mainly the flashbacks. So we're we're bound to have our final battle. And was it
1: much of a final battle? The one with Shredder?
0: No, not at all. But we had gotten so much with all those other action sequences. Uh, it's curious to know what they should have or could have done with it. But you're right. It, they kind of dispatch of Shredder pretty quick. And here's what I don't get. If they if he's single-handedly beating them, how come they're all not charging him at once?
1: That was my big issue, first of all, that we didn't get to see the four-on-one Working together, they all charged him individually. Yeah, they all like took turns. Although it was kind of funny, I thought, when Michelangelo and I think was Raphael were deciding who was going to go next and they did the rock, paper, scissors. I think it was him and uh, Donatello. Donatello? I thought that was kind of a funny scene. Yeah. But I just thought they just saw their two brothers all go, you know, one by one and just get beat pretty bad. That and why didn't Shredder just spear each of them as he knocked them down? That that kind of bothered me. But I felt it was kinda big, you know, I don't like movies that have the big buildup of the big bad guy and then it just kinda over real quick.
0: Yeah. I, I think that if you could uh, go back in time and redo something, you'd probably want a better uh, fight scene between mm-hmm. the between the five of them. Didn't so you wanna wanna kinda six kinda, really
1: didn't you wanna kinda see Splinter more kick his ass?
0: Kind of a little bit it would have been i think reminiscent of uh when i think of uh splinter doing kung fu and moving around like that i think of yoda mm-hmm. using the force in attack of the clones
1: did you ever see the animated movie that i think recently came out this last year uh batman and the teenage mutant ninja turtles no there is a scene in it. it's actually not a bad movie it's based off of a comic book series uh the crossover uh Batman fights the Shredder, and the Shredder holds his own against Batman. So he could have put up a little bit more of a fight.
0: Yeah, maybe, but he was taking them on one at a time. Yeah. But yeah, like- but yeah, but yeah, when he got to uh, Splinter, it was over pretty quick.
2: I think that's a common trope in a martial arts movie is the uh, attack one at a time yeah. uh, approach. And that certainly had a lot in this, where they would take their turns fighting one at a time as opposed to all going at the same time.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure.
2: And I think also Splinter uh, not having more of a fight, it probably just wasn't um, technically available at this time when the movie was made to sure. put something like that together. Sure.
1: Now, do you feel like the idea of them all going one at a time is showing that they still have a lot to learn and maybe they need to progress some more?
0: Uh, it could be. Um I think that them going one at a time, uh, they're trying to prove something Mm -hmm. maybe. Um, And you said, you know, do they, uh, are they stronger uh, as four, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So this would have been a good opportunity to put that theory to test and, you know, have them attack him all at once and if he can block them all at once that makes him the more batter too so it would it would have really upped the ante for for the fight
1: the other thing we have to think of is this is the first time they've ever met shredder they didn't even know who he was a fair point so they didn't know he was this guy from japan that there was some history with and all of that they just saw a big guy in a cheese grater costume
0: sure and they even call him a cheese grater costume uh yeah no that's a fair point
2: I also uh, was reminiscent that you mentioned on the, uh, the Yoda fight style because that's what I was thinking of as well. We would have seen more of the Yoda fight style that happens in uh, Revenge of the Sith. The uh, fight that Yoda goes through was extremely conscientious when that sequence was put together because they didn't want Yoda to look ridiculous in his fight. You have this little guy that's jumping and flipping and twirling it right. around. You wanted him to look uh,
1: badass, not comical. Right. It's too bad they failed. Well, the other thing I got from this, this scene is that, did you notice that when they were charging the shredder, he was mostly using defensive tactics and knocking them down, and he wasn't getting emotional? It wasn't until he charged Splinter in an offensive manner that, and emotionally that he got his... But thrown over the ledge.
0: Yeah, it's usually a motion that'll kick you in the ass. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Isn't that mentioned in the movie as well?
0: I think so. Doesn't Splinter say something like that?
2: I that sounds familiar.
1: I I, I bet that is somewhere in the movie. Yeah, yeah. What did you think about the way that uh, Shredder was dispatched with the garbage truck? Casey the killer.
0: <laughs> I thought that that went a little dark. Let's talk about the dark themes of this film real quick, right? Well, we have slapping on women. Child abuse, child slavery, animal an, abuse, animal, oh yeah, animal abuse, teenage, underage, drinking and smoking, stealing, stealing, you know, a lot of dark themes for a Ninja Turtle movie.
1: purse kind of
0: thing, yeah. Yeah, little bastard, I would have beat the shit out of him too. So yeah, a, a pretty dark movie for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, especially in 1990, and geared toward kids. And,
1: so. and they dick that... Uh, Pizza guy out of a tip. He was late. Two but, minutes late. But even though he's late, they knocked the $3 from $13 down to 10 Right. And they gave him a $10 bill. They didn't give him any tip.
0: Because he was late. Why does he deserve a tip for being late? That's what I'm saying. They, no. They, so that's no, another dark, no. dark thing.
1: No. You don't think that's dicking someone out of a tip? Now? Absolutely not.
0: It's not, you know.
1: I understand the policy is you $3 off the pizza doesn't right. mean you get out of the tip.
0: Well, had you got there on time, I would have given you a tip because at that point you did what you said you were going to do and you got there on time and you deserve a tip. If you're late, you're late, bud.
1: So if your pizza guy is late, you're not going to tip them.
0: That's why they don't put time uh, frames on them anymore.
1: (laughs) I think it was because they were getting a lot of accidents.
0: Oh, well, I'm sure that's part of it. Well, I'm sure that's most of it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I always tip.
1: Yeah, so I would have given them $13 and counted the $3 as a tip.
0: Well, yeah, but you are nicer than I am. Okay. Wait, that can't be
1: right. Okay, so
2: he takes the $13 and you say, yeah, there's your tip. He doesn't get the tip, well, but it, but in your
1: mind, he he got the tip even though it well, goes straight to Domino's? Then he'd pocket the $3 and go back and say I was late, so they only gave me 10
0: Well, yeah, I guess that was back in the day before everything was tracked digitally. Yeah. For sure. Or you just paid on you Have you ever delivered pizzas? I have not. Did you ever deliver pizzas? no sir yeah me either i was always in the kitchen
1: i was always eating the pizza
0: oh no we know but
1: what do you think of the love connection between casey and april i didn't buy it Mm -mm.
0: yeah it seemed a little forced and um in today's day and age i don't think the way he was approaching it would fly Mm. (laughs) so another one of those themes right
1: he he was kind of a little aggressive and a little, little yeah
0: It certainly felt forced, but I
1: mean... She kind of goes for the bad boys, but maybe she likes the
0: sports. I don't know. Is it weird that the turtles go gaga over her too?
1: A little. I think it would... You know what I mean? It would only be weird if they had pulled a Howard the Duck.
0: Intererotic species fucko. Yeah. Is that what he says?
1: Yeah, because, you know, when Howard got together with... uh, Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson, that was a little weird.
0: There's your fourth film, Howard the Duck. (laughs) Uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about you'll figure it out
1: but yeah. i will say in howard the duck they did have the greatest soundtrack the greatest theme song which was howard the duck quack.
0: oh you mean the actual theme song yeah <sighs> no once again you are wrong but hey tweet each his own
1: i think a user needs to suggest howard the duck
0: i think whoever suggests howard the duck i don't even want to throw that out there I don't want to say banned because, I mean, we'd watch
1: it. Because you kind of do want to watch it. I don't, don't want you? to watch it by you any stretch of no, no way. It's got the Ferris Bueller principle in it. Come on. We
0: have a movie with Leah Thompson already in the helmet that I'm very much looking forward to that you guys don't know what it is yet. And I'm excited.
2: What do you think about the uh, writing of the characters of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, John?
1: I think it was very true to the comic book. To their characters you know Dante is always the smart kind of nerdy one Leonardo's the uh, leader who's always kind of fighting with his leadership style trying to grow into this leadership position Raphael's always the dick he's always the the one that's kind of you know brutish and not you know, as intelligent as the other ones and then you have Michelangelo who's slapstick he's kind of the comic relief so I thought it was very true to the characters.
0: Right on.
2: I felt like the attitude of the turtles was like each one of them had like four or five triple espressos. They were always super hyped up.
0: Yep, absolutely.
2: Well, they're teenagers.
0: Yeah. And and then they all had their own individual skills and personalities. And yeah, I found that... Um, And I'm probably just getting old and becoming more and more of an asshole. But the whole bit where they're all like, excellent, radical, what's another word for it? It went on too long for me.
1: (laughs) I will agree with that. But what do you think with Splinter's final? I was always partial to Cowabunga.
0: Uh, Corny, but awesome. It was a call out
1: to the com. Absolutely, to the
0: yeah. I think my favorite line in this is when Michelangelo says, I love being a turtle, because that's it was in the preview and that's what takes me back to nineteen ninety. And it's a it's a nostalgia thing for me with that with that line. So mm-hmm. there you go.
2: I felt like the uh, cowabunga at the end came across very
1: dad joke like
0: Oh, absolutely. Good call. Good call on that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I you know, I've been thinking about watching the sequel to this one. I can't remember much of the sequel. Does Shredder return?
0: Yeah, so I he, think so. Yeah, he actually, he creates uh, Bebop on Rocksteady.
1: Well, I know he does it in the Michael Bay, but does he do it in the yeah, sequel no, of this yeah, one yeah, No, Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. He does it in this one too. Okay, I'm going to have to go back and watch that. What's your favorite scene? I can't think of one.
1: Casey Jones and Raphael, when they first meet and have their fight, uh, there's just something about when he pulls out the cricket bat.
0: Yeah, that's I good. I just love that. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, I would have to say the whole uh, April's Apartment fight sequence Uh, is entertaining uh, well shot again it's all practical Um, that that's probably my favorite scene in the movie
2: when i do think about the movie though i will say that i i only think about the fight sequences i don't think about stuff outside of that
1: so one other point uh that we didn't cover earlier is when we were talking about the uh warehouse that they were storing all the the stolen goods and the kids were was that familiar to you at all
0: uh, I can't put my finger on it. Where was it from?
1: It was another movie that we reviewed earlier. Um, I don't know. The Crow. Check that shit out. Oh, get the fuck that, out of here. That was the same location that was used for The Crow, and it's a it's an abandoned cement factory used for The Crow and Super Mario Brothers.
0: Oh, well, there you go. See, it's all being connected.
1: So, to get the trifecta, someone needs to suggest- Ah, uh, stop it right we,
0: there. That no, I didn't. Super Mario they Brothers- didn't. <laughs> hey um, i gotta draw the line somewhere bud so i have read that
2: uh steve bannon he w- he was fired before the production was done do does anybody know why
0: is that the director
2: yeah the director
0: i have no idea
2: oh here's a curious footnote about the director he directed a ton of music videos oh really yeah the the, the two i found to be most notable was billy jean and take on me.
0: Uh, a Hans take on me? Yep. Wow. That was a revolutionary video at the time. Yes, it was.
1: Yeah. Looking at my notes, I do see why he was fired. At the time, the producers thought he was making the movie too dark. So they fired him to kind of brighten it up a little bit. So a lot of people wonder
0: just where the movie would have gone if they kept him around. Well, see, that's the movie I want to see. Let's see how dark we can get this motherfucker, right?
1: Yeah, it was uh, mentioned, I guess, the uh, the director, Steve Barron. or no, excuse me. Uh, it was according to Josh Payus. Josh Payus was on a podcast, I Was There Too, and he talked about the director being fired. Huh. All right, so riddle me this.
2: Why, um, if that was too dark, but you thought that the spirit of the uh, turtles was accurately represented from the comics, Do you think that the movie's overall tone, John, was in the spirit
1: of the comics? I don't know if it was as much in the spirit of the the tone of the comic books. I think the, the comic books were a little bit darker, a little more serious. They had some kind of humor in it. I mean, you got four turtles fighting, you know, foot ninjas, but it was a little more dark and serious. This movie was more of a compliment to the animated series. That was more comedic.
0: Right, but I think uh, Steve Bannon's probably, or was it Steve? Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon's original vision probably paid uh, more closer detail to the comics. That's what I would and, guess. And the studios were probably like, fuck that, make it like the cartoon series. Money, yeah. money, money, money.
1: Yeah, because they wanted to grab that audience of sure. the animated series. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, where did most kids and people know of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from? Did they know them from... The comic book, or do they know him from the animated series?
0: Well, it depends on who you ask.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying the majority. I would guess the majority knew it from the, the cartoon.
2: John, when did you say the comic first came out again? You, um, th- the first one.
1: 1984, I think. Yeah, I believe 1984 was when the one-shot came out. The black and white one-shot. Okay. Here's an interesting tidbit. Uh, all of the actors who played in the... Uh, turtle costumes actually appear in the movie out of costumes in different character roles. Like one is in the back of a taxi cab. One is one of the kids, you know, in the foot, like in the warehouse. Uh So they actually all cameoed in the movie as well. (laughs) That's pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So, uh, I think we are, What you want to rate this bitch? Hey, I think we should rate this bitch. What do you think? Sure. Let's rate this bitch. I I could rate this bitch. All right. Well, I think we should rate this bitch. Uh, Professor, how do we do our ratings?
2: Well, we are going to be rating our movies in a slightly different tone. I fear change. We Embrace fear- it, my friend. Embrace it. It's The, the quote is, we fear change. What's oh. that from?
0: Hang on. Hang on. Hang on.
2: We fear change.
0: Uh, fucking the little green guys from Toy Story. No. no. Fuck me. What is it?
2: The next thing that happens is... A hammer's picked up, and a mechanical hand is bashed repeatedly with the hammer on the table. Wayne's World. Oh,
0: yes. I remember now. Garth.
2: Garth is wearing that, that, Garth that, that, right. that
0: crazy thing on his head. Right, right, right. right. Hey, if you want to get froggy, put that in the If you moment.
1: do, Don will ban you.
0: No, for Wayne's World? Oh, no. Okay. and Just checking. Watch your fucking tone, son. Don't make me fucking come over there.
1: So, we, I thought we were pretty light with our F-bombs tonight. Well, that's about to change. Yes, and, it
2: is. And why is that? Well, because for those loyal listeners that have a tendency to think that we swear too much, fuck yeah, we do. And that's what's going to be changing in our tone. How we rate our movies, because it's all about the Fs, the F-bomb. If we have a movie that we just love, that this is cinematic gold, we're giving that five Fs, five fucks. Fuck yeah. Now, if it's a movie that we didn't, you know, we're not going to see that anymore, then that's going to be one F.
1: You know, like, fuck that crap. So what if we don't give a fuck about a movie? And if we don't give a fuck about a movie? Well, that's going to be zero Fs. Zero. Sometimes. Zero yeah. F bombs. That, that movie can just fuck off. Yeah, fuck that shit.
0: Hey, 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 you know what? You guys are saying the F word a lot lately and uh, very aggressively at the moment. I'm going to have to ask you to kind of so, tone it down there. All right. Sorry,
2: Don's dad. So, yes. So, a movie is going to be five Fs or four, three, two, or one F is or that, zero. Is,
1: is that better?
0: I guess. I don't give a fuck. You know me. You know why I don't have an ulcer? Because I know what to say. I don't give a but
1: fuck. But here's the thing. With our new scale... You are going to be giving a fuck to some movies. That's probably You're going to really be giving multiples.
0: I can give multiple fucks. Well, yeah. I have no problem with that. Like that, I have, I have plenty of fucks to give. So, for the movie that wants to receive them.
1: So, Professor, if I'm understanding this correctly, in the past we've done our rating mostly on the rewatchability of movies. Now that's actually just going to factor into our rating. It is it, one of the components. It's going to be one of the components of. Do, you know, we're always talking about how much we like a movie and then we give it a bad rating or how much we don't like a movie, but this movie we'll rewatch again, so we'll give it a higher rating. Now it's going to be how much do we care about this movie and will we watch it again? Is that correct?
2: Yeah, it's all of those things. You throw all that together and there are some movies that just make you feel really good or, or the, move, the movie just moves you and you are uh, taking all of that into the consideration when you read the movie. So a movie that moves us that you really
1: care about. So like Flash Gordon. There you go.
0: I give Flash Gordon zero fucks. You know why? Because fuck that movie and fuck you for putting it in the helmet.
1: I gotta say that stings a little.
0: Okay. You know, you know right? That was not fair. I take that back. I am going to give my new score for Flash Gordon is point five fucks and give you it a half a fuck i give it a half a fuck
2: wait a minute we can't go back and
1: re-rate everything
2: why
0: i think that would be fun oh my god well if
1: that's the case then we're gonna go with once upon a time in mexico my new oh no
0: I'm <laughs> bring it on motherfucker All right, so now that we have our new rating scale uh, in effect, we will go ahead and rate the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, This came from our True Believer listener, Zach. And uh, thank you, Zach, for throwing this into the helmet. We had some fun watching it. Uh, I talked to him earlier, like I said, and he gives this movie three fucks. Uh, Again, it says it reminded him of his childhood, and that's always fun for a movie, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, I'll go ahead and go. I'll start us off. Uh, The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I thought at the time, uh, was uh, fantastic. I hadn't seen anything like it. What blew me away was the practical effects and how well the turtles moved and fought. I was able to follow the story. It was coherent. It made sense. The characters were likable. Uh, Back then, the whole, you know, excellent, cool was probably more tolerated by me. But now as I'm older, it got on my nerves a little bit. You could pick this movie apart uh, a million times over. But by doing so, you take all the fun out of it. So overall, this was a fun movie. Would I rewatch it? Yeah, probably someday. Would I recommend it to someone who's never seen the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Sure. Go for the ride. It's an hour and a half. It's not a big deal. Uh, So for all of those reasons, I am going to give three fucks to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Okay.
1: I will go next. Don, uh, you brought up the practical effects. I have to agree with you. Back then, the practical effects kind of blew me away. The way they got the, the mechanical mass and everything to move, the lips, the eyes, the realism of it. Nowadays, that might be a little hokey since we've seen a lot like it. And nowadays, it would all be computer generated, which we'd end up with a Michael Bay film if this movie was remade today. Uh, but other than that... It really does hearken back to the cartoon, which I said earlier I'm a big fan of. Uh, The comic books keeps a lot of the spirit of the comic books, which I thought was really well done. You know, this movie could have been very poorly made and geared to just a young audience. It could have been really hokey, but they kept in. And, you know, some of the complaints like Jim Henson and uh, the the actress who played uh, April, you know, they wanted all the kind of the... The violence taken out, I thought the violence worked well in this movie. I didn't think it was over the top. I thought it worked well. I thought there was enough comedic timing um, combined with the action. Uh, The acting, of course, is not the highest level, but you wouldn't expect that from this movie. Um, It had a lot of great lasting power in this movie to the point of this is one of those movies that we would name on our list of If you want to go back and revisit the early 90s, you go back and visit this movie, you know, 1990. Um, It gives you a little bit of feel of that 80s kind of vibe in the colors, the looks, the designs, the language, the radical, the cowabunga. You get all of that kind of feel. Would I put this at my top of my list of movies I want to rewatch? No, it wouldn't be a movie that I would say... You know, I'm feeling like going and watching Teenage Mutant Turtles. I'm glad Zach suggested it. I'm glad I got to revisit it. If it was on TV, yeah, I probably would catch some of it. Don't know if I'd watch all of it. So I'm hovering a little bit, but I think I'm going to give this movie a 2.5 halfway in that. I'm not wanting to, you know, it's not one of my favorite movies and a movie that I want to run out and watch right away. But it is a movie that, yeah, I, I don't mind. If someone else is watching it, I'm going to join in. Or if it's on TV or if it's on HBO, I'm going to catch it again because it's just a fun revisit movie. So I think I give about two and a half fucks on this movie.
0: Two and a half fucks. So
1: there you go.
2: For me, I found this movie to be very campy, and the campiness of the movie certainly does have an element of fun to it. The turtles, as I said at the beginning, I am strangely drawn into just wanting to watch them do what they do, because they are interesting to watch them fluidly move the way that they do, and, you know, the animatronics of the head and the eyes and the mouth, and I... uh, um, i didn't necessarily care what was happening i just enjoyed watching them move but uh, I, I found the uh the the the, the kid angle of being part of the crime spree I, I found that to be rather pedestrian i didn't necessarily uh have a strong association uh with the movie for its lasting power that i look back on and go oh yeah i remember that movie it is a movie like oh yeah yeah i've seen that it it, 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 it it does not have as much of a pullback to me. Uh, my son certainly has a different experience that he this is a movie that the VHS was watched several times over. And so I was used to having it around uh, back in the day. But for the most part, um, I have little desire to watch it again necessarily, and I found the movie to be enjoyable enough. I'm gonna give it two fucks,
0: two fucks, two and a half fucks, and three fucks. Four, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All right, there you go.
1: Now that shouldn't be mistaken for the porn version, which was
0: ten-inch Mutant Ninja Turtles. Why does it not surprise me that you know that? Have you seen it? No, I have not. Liar! You're such a fucking liar. <laughs> Uh, all right so uh we interrupt this podcast for a very important message
1: mayday mayday anyone copying channel nine terrorists have seized the nakatomi building and are holding at least 30 people hostage i repeat unknown number of terrorists six or more armed with automatic weapons at nakatomi plaza
3: attention whoever you are this channel is reserved for emergency calls only no fucking shit lady do i sound like i'm ordering a pizza
0: coming next week the three guys in a flick holiday special where we review one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time.
1: Now I have a
3: machine gun. Ho, ho, ho.
1: Bruce Willis, Die Hard. Got invited to the Christmas party by mistake. Who knew?
0: We now return you to your podcast, currently in progress. Okay, so I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Three Guys in a Flick. Hey, John, where can they find us?
1: They can find us at our website, in a flick.com. They can find us at any popular or even unpopular podcast hosting sites. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Podbeam. We are on any of them that I could find to put us on. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr. Uh, I believe we're on Instagram. Has your daughter taken over Instagram yet?
3: No.
0: And we are on Instagram. Yes. Okay. Well,
1: we are on Instagram. Well, you said, I believe. Yes, I know. Okay. Uh, And we are, yeah. And we are not still yet on TikTok. Why is that, Professor?
0: Because
2: somebody needs to make a
0: music video. Oh. The clock is ticking. (laughs) See what I did there? The ticking. I do. I'm telling you, I don't know how to talk or tick. So, well,
1: we'd have to take video in. Do people really want to see us?
0: All right. So that's going to wrap it up. Thanks again to everyone who listens. Be Zach sure, and Ronnie. Zach and Ronnie. Be sure to share our site. Go out and give us some likes. Drop us a comment. Tell us that we suck, that we awesome, that you like what we're doing. And hey, go out and suggest a movie, Ronnie. Uh, so for Three Guys in a Flick, I'm Don.
2: I'm John. And I'm Ken. Thanks for listening.
0: You know, it's funny, I looked down at the timer, and we were already finishing, I had already said, uh, roll credits, and we hadn't even hit an hour on the counter. And now it's an hour and fucking 40 minutes. The fuck are you guys trying to do to me? I don't
1: know. Admit it, you want to go out and watch 10-inch Mutant Ninja Turtles now. You want to see if that's a real movie.
0: I'm not going to lie, I'm going to fucking Google it. Yeah. I have no shame.
1: Yeah, erase that history afterwards, though.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's that. Yeah. Right. No, I have no desire. No.
1: Well, there you have it. I always wondered why they never made like a sequel where they're, you know, adolescents with pimples and, and you know, issues. They go all, eat the, the emo teenage mutant ninja turtles. Well,
0: is that something you would want to watch? I think so.
1: Kind of gives that realism as they, they grow up. Okay. No.
3: That's
0: the dumbest thing
2: I've ever then heard. Then you're going to have laconic, sardonic sullen self-absorbed
1: negative angsty ninja turtles couldn't you just see them all sitting around it's like april's in trouble we need to go save april oh screw her she keeps getting in trouble i just want to sit here and listen to my emo music
0: so basically you want to watch matrix ken's done
1: he's ready for bed all right fuck off good
0: night